right? And uh, <clears throat> so at the end of the service today, if you don't remind me, we will forget because I'm not going to remember. But y'all remind me before we leave today to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray for them. I was over there in January. I'm glad I'm not there today. But um, we do need to pray for them. Turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2. <clears throat> My niece gave, gave this to us. She gave us about six jars of grape jelly. Sealed good. I don't know when she made them. But, uh, I mean, I had to open it. You know, I had to try it. And when I opened it, have y'all ever heard that sound? Somebody did it over there. I heard it. That sound. That great. And then that great stuff inside. She, she's really a great, she, I guess, oh, that girl's getting old now. She may be 50, 50 years old. So, but she's, she's a, a canner, and she, she can it. Now, there's impo important components to this. There's a jar. There's a seal. And then there's the, what's in it. And you can't have what's in it if you don't what, have what's outside and what seals it, right? Very important. That's a seal. We're going to talk about the seal today. Now, a seal can be a stamp like on your birth certificate. Y'all got one of those? Or your passport, right? I, I think our passports have it, right? Got a seal on it. It's a stamp of being authentic, right? It's authentic. Without a seal that I went somewhere, I think when I was trying to get my, uh, where you can drive the big, the church bus, you know, and I, I think I had to take that one with the seal on it. That, that lady looked for that seal, didn't she? You, you know the experience. Without that seal, it's no value. Piece of paper. Just a piece of paper. Now, them... That, that, that jelly wouldn't be no good if it wasn't for that seal either, would it? That old seal preserves it, keeps it fresh. Keeps it fresh, doesn't it? Keeps it to the same quality it was when it was put in there, right? One time we had some uh, chili, and oh, gosh, it was terrible. It, it wasn't preserved, was it? That, that that sauce wasn't preserved. Oh, one touch to, to the tongue, and you knew it was terrible. And you don't want that, do you? So a seal, very, very important. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. Ephesians 4, 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed. How long? How long? Until the day of redemption, right? You're sealed until the, it, it, just what it says, right? And grieve not, you can grieve the Holy Spirit, right? He's God living in you. You can grieve him, 
But you can't run him off because he said, I'll never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. You're sealed unto the day of redemption. Now, now this girl, this niece of mine, Tony, she's, she's quality. She knows what she's doing, and she does a good job. Or I wouldn't have, She wouldn't have given me that if it wasn't sealed right. And it's sealed unto the day of redemption, and I redeemed it this morning. I started the process. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit is why you are born again. You are only a believer until you receive Christ. You can believe and be like the devil and believe. But when you receive Christ as your Savior, you receive the Holy Spirit and you're sealed unto the day of redemption. The Spirit of God comes upon people in the Old Testament, right? The Old Testament, the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit would come upon the prophet or upon a, a, some would prophesy. The Holy Spirit would come upon that person and they would proclaim the Word of God. Now, Jesus told us in uh, Luke 24:49, he said, you will be endued with power. You will be endued with power. And then we go to John 14, and that's where I want us to go to first. Go ahead and turn to John 14. John 14, Jesus is saying what's going to happen. He's, he's speaking of the Holy Spirit. And he says in verse 16, Jesus said, I will pray to Father. I will ask the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. I have been your comfort disciples while I'm here. I'm going to pray the Father, and he's going to give you another comforter. The second person of the Trinity was their comforter then, and he said the third person of the Trinity is going to come and comfort you. He's going to continue my work. Now, the work that we see done in the world today is the work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus has finished his work. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. He said it there at the cross, didn't he? He has even said in Hebrews 12, he's the author and finisher of our faith. He finished his work at Calvary 2,000 years ago. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Why? To make intercession for any who wants to come to believe. Any who wants to be saved. And then to continue to intercede for them. Now he said in verse 16 in John 14, I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you till you sin too much. Till you, till you sin too much? We all sin too much, folks. Don't we all sin too much? If you don't think you sin too much, you need to get saved. Because when you get saved, you realize what sin is. And you realize you sin too much. If you're saved, you know you sin. You know you're not worthy to be called a child of God. You've been made worthy by the blood of Christ. And God's love accepts us. So, now, let's go ahead. He will abide with you how long? Forever. Now, notice he said, even the spirit of truth. He is the spirit of truth 
whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, <clears throat> for he dwelleth with you, disciples, and he shall be in you. Okay, so he's telling the disciples that he's going to ask the Father, and the Father's going to send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to come, and he's going to indwell believers. And from the day of Pentecost, Holy Spirit comes the day you get saved. You say, where, do you, where, where can you verify that? Well, I'm going to take you to the text. Jesus spake of this truth of the Holy Spirit coming, and then in the book of Ephesians, Paul teaches us about this truth in Ephesians chapter 1. Okay? The Holy Spirit comes. It's in the text. At the moment of salvation. Now look at, let's read our text together. Verse 13 and 14, really, we could, we're going to have to back up and read some more. Ephesians, let's, let's begin after the initial introduction. Uh, verse 4, according to, according as he has chosen us in him, chosen us in him. Now I meant to explain this jar. This jar, jar is Christ. You know with me? The jar is Christ. The jelly is us. We're preserved in Christ. And we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. See the three components? We're in Christ. Christ is a jar. And we're sealed by the Holy Spirit. All right? Okay, verse 4. According to has chosen us in him before the foundations of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto adoption of children as Jesus Christ, uh, by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, G-R-A-C-E, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. I want to stop at that word right there. When you get saved, you've been made accepted in the beloved. The beloved is what's inside the jar. The be- I, hey, I kind of do love that stuff. You and I are in that jar. And we've been made accepted along with everybody else who is saved in the beloved. Does that mean that everything we do is pleasurable to God? No. No. We're saved. But we're not totally sanctified. Now let's go ahead here. Verse 7. In whom we have redemption. How? Through his blood. The forgiveness of sin. According to the riches of his grace. Wherein he hath. <coughs> wait a minute. <coughs> wherein he hath abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will. According to his good pleasure which he has purposed in himself. Verse 10, that in the dispensation or the time to come, for in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are in earth, even in him. Verse 11, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to his, pur- 
to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Verse 12, that we should be to the praise and of his glory who first trust Christ. Now we're getting into the text. That we, you and I, in the jar, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession, then the conclusion unto the praise of his glory. Now, folks, God has some wonderful truths to say about us in that text. And if I were to take everything in that and try to teach it and explain it today, we would be here until Wednesday without stop. I have chosen, I've done this before, but I've chosen just to look at the, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I, I believe if a person could understand the truths set forth in chapter 1, it would change the way they view God, that you would see God as a loving God, that you would see God as a holy God, and that you would also, you would also change your view about yourself and who you are in Christ. Verse 4, is that God chose us. Let me ask you something. Did that jelly put itself in that jar? Did that jelly put itself in that jar? Somebody put that jelly in that jar, didn't they? You don't get in Christ unless somebody bigger than you puts you in the jar. You can't put yourself. Now, there's a, big, there's a big fundamental problem here that keeps you from having the new birth, that keeps you from going to heaven. If you have put yourself in the jar, you are an imposter. You are not truly born of the Spirit of God. It is God who worketh His will in us. If you've not had an experience of salvation, if you just kind of put yourself in, you, you, if you're trying to hold on, if you're trying to hang on, uh, you may be on the outside of the jar. You know, I've had people tell me that, uh, preacher, the Bible says, oh, oh uh, Noah was saved by water. Well, yeah, the Bible says that. I've taught you before, you don't believe what the Bible says, you believe what the Bible teaches. You can get mixed up because we don't get the, the truth saying. They say, well, the, he's saved by water. And, and here it is. The ark that Noah was in is like the jar. That's a jar. How many were saved? Eight. Eight were saved in Noah's day. They were all in the jar. Everybody hanging on to the boat drowned. They all drowned trying to hold on. You can't hold on to salvation. You can't hold on to God. You've got to be held on to by God. If you're not held in the hand of God, you're not saved. And let me tell you, it's, it's fundamentally important that you understand that your salvation does not depend on you holding on. It depends on the fact that he's holding on to you. Amen. 
Now, God does the work. He, he adopts us into the family. I even skipped that word in verse 5. He's made us acceptable, verse 6. He reveals truth to us, verse 8 and 9. He's got an inheritance waiting for us in verse 11. Now, some folks, folks, really, some folks, Jesus, Jesus, how many believe that Jesus is preparing a place for us in heaven? Raise your hand. Some people believe you have to tear it down about every six months. He don't, does he? I'm in, I'm out. I'm in, I'm out. You need to know you're in. You need to get that. Now, those other verses that I didn't mention, like verse 7, tells us how we get in. Verse 7, look at it. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of his grace. What does he want from us? Look at verse 12 that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted Christ. Here I am. Man, you're in heaven one day. And no, maybe you and I are there in heaven and somebody walks us up to us that used to know us. And they walk up to us and Jesus is standing there. Let's just have him standing there. And that person looks at us like, what are you doing here? Right? And there's all kinds of people that could look at us and say, what are you doing here? But Jesus says, they're washed in my blood. It's all forgiven. He does it. He does it. We had a good saved brother in Christ went to heaven last night. Old Vince went to be with Jesus. I saw him yesterday. Got to talk to him this week. He loved us. We led him to Jesus. First one he wants to talk to, his wife says, you, he wants to talk to you. Most important person in your life, outside of your immediate people that you love, is the person that leads you to Jesus. The Bible says in the book of Romans, how beautiful are the feet that take the gospel of peace. That person that led me to Jesus, I'd wash their feet in any, any, any time they wanted me to. I'd wash their feet. How beautiful their feet are that they came to me. Somebody came to you. Someone invited you. Someone preached to you and got saved. You ought to always love and appreciate that person because of the good news they heard about, that you heard from them from Christ. Now, we see in these verses the work of the Father in our salvation. We see the work of the Lord Jesus in these verses for us. I won't take you back through that. And then verse 13, we see the work of the Holy Spirit. And that's the two verses that I want to con uh, really concentrate on. God thought, God wrought, God bought, God brought our salvation to us. You say, preacher... Uh, you know, I, I just come to church one day. I chose to come to church, and, and I come in there, and I got saved. No, 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 no. If, if you think you chose, you've got to realize there's somebody bigger than you doing a work that you didn't see. When the prodigal son went home to the father, his father was staring out through that open field looking for him, already there waiting for him. 
God's in the middle of our salvation. Our blessing involves a father, it involves a son, and it involves the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is at work today bringing the gospel to people around the world. It's the Holy Spirit that gave us the Word of God. The Holy Spirit wrote this Bible. It's the Holy Spirit that speaks through the preacher. It's the Holy Spirit that connects our hearts together when we're, when we're communicating truth. It's the Holy Spirit that moves on the person to witness. It is the Holy Spirit that moves on me and you when we got saved. It's a work of God. Now notice he said in verse 13, in whom also you trusted after you heard. No one gets saved without hearing the gospel. You have to hear. And then he said, he said, in whom ye also trusted. There has to be a trust in the Lord to be your Savior. If you're trying, you're still lost. Now listen, if you're trying to get to heaven, you're going to go to hell. You got to quit fighting him. You know, you take a drowning person. I, I read this. I, I read this illustration this week. Uh, this this uh, man, a strong swimming man, was standing there, and and here's a mother. Her son is out there drowning, and she comes and pleads with urgency to that man to rescue her son. She couldn't swim, and he just stood there. He didn't do anything, and she kept begging him, "Go rescue my son. He's drowning." And so finally, he jumps in the water, and he goes out and brings him in. And she said, why did you wait so long? She said, I had to wait. He said, I had to wait for him to quit fighting. He would have drawn, drowned both of us. You don't get saved by fighting to be saved. You get saved by trusting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's so important. You know, you want to try to live for God and you want to try to serve God. But you don't do it to get saved. You do it because you're saved. Look at Ephesians 2, verse 8. For by grace, look at it, I, I want you to turn. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself. You're not saved of yourself. It is a gift of God. It is the gift of God. Verse 9, not of works, lest any man should boast. If, if, if you were saved by works, you would have something to brag about in heaven uh, about yourself. But God doesn't save us so we could brag on ourselves. God saved us so we could brag on Jesus. So, verse 10, look at verse 10. For we are His workmanship, Created in Christ Jesus because of good works. Anybody follow me there in my translation? Is that what it said? It didn't say that, did it? Who caught that? Somebody caught that. I read, I added to the word, didn't I? I took away and I added. And I'm going to tell you, that's not what you do. Let me look at that again. Look at it. He got it, he's got it up there. Look at the screen of your Bible one. For we are his workmanship. Who's his? Not ourselves, but we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus because? No, unto. Unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. God, what's the preordinate plan of God? The preordinate plan of God that you, when you come to Christ, you'll live for Christ. 
but not to stay saved, but because you are saved. It's unto good works. Got it? So we hear and we trust, we believe, and we receive Christ as our Savior. But as many as receive him, John 1, 12, but as many as receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Now turn with me to John 10, verse 14. John 10, 14. Notice what he said. Chapter 10, not John, I meant Romans. I'm sorry, I'm misleading y'all. I'm adding, taking away constant today. John, not John, but Romans 10. I got my mind in John. Verse 14, how shall they, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? That's someone who proclaims the gospel to them. Not, not a pulpit preacher exactly, but anybody that proclaims the gospel. Verse 16, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report. You have to believe to receive Christ as Savior. That's obeying the truth by hearing it and believing it. Now look at uh, 1 Corinthians 1.18. I'm taking you to a lot of references. 1 Corinthians 1.18. Notice, 1.18, 1 Corinthians. He says, for the preaching of the cross. That little old cross symbol there, it's there to remind us of the cross of Calvary 2,000 years ago. That cross, the preaching of that cross. Notice, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish, unsaved, foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Paul probably wrote that after he left Athens, Athens or some other place like that where they were mocking uh, salvation and, and the cross. They saw, they'd seen so many crosses that it didn't mean anything to those philosophers. But the preaching of the cross to us that are saved, it's the power of God and the salvation. That's what brings us to Christ. That what, that's what makes us saved because we believed in the finished work of Jesus on that cross that he died for our sins. The Holy Spirit came. He convicted us of sin. He convicted us of the truth of the cross. He worked through the words of the, the gospel that we heard. And the moment we trust Jesus as our Savior, he begins indwelling. That's the seal of God on our life. Look at the 13 of our text again. He said, In whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now, does that look like it happened six years after you believed on Christ as your Savior, or does it look like it happened the moment you trusted Christ as your Savior? It happened the moment you trusted Christ as your Savior. That, and, and look at Romans 8, 9. Romans 8, 9. Notice what he says. I'll read it to you. Romans 8, 9. He said, uh, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. The moment you get saved, you're in Christ. 
you have the Holy Spirit, capital S-P-I-R-I-T. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, which is the Holy Spirit, it's not talking about a, a, a feeling, he's talking about a person, capital S, not a small s. He said, if, if you have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. You're not saved until the Holy Spirit indwells you. You're saved the moment you believe on Christ as Savior. God, the Holy Spirit, is convicting you, and it's God, the Holy Spirit, that converts you, and you are born into the family of God the moment you get saved, and you have the person of the Holy Spirit. He is, he is the seal. He's the seal. We're sealed by the Spirit, sealed by the Spirit. A seal is set upon us right down there. You're in and you're sealed by the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit living in us, and it's to prove that we're genuine. We're not genuine until we have the Holy Spirit. Now, it's the mark of ownership that we belong to Christ. Notice what he goes on to say in verse 14, which is the earnest of our inheritance, until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Did you see that first, that, that two words, purchased possession? We've already been purchased. We've been bought and paid for. Bought, paid for with the blood of Christ. And he's the earnest. Here's the truth I want you to get. We only got the down payment of what God has for. We have the presence of the Holy Spirit living in us that, that works with us, walks with us through this old world that we're living in. We hadn't seen nothing yet what God has for us. I'm not talking about next year, next month, next 10 years now. I'm talking about when we enter into His presence. Notice verse 14. He said, Wherefore, I mean, verse 14, which is the earnest of our inheritance. The earnest of our inheritance. We got lots more coming our way. He said, boy, I really want to serve God. I really you're not going to do much for God. Do the best you can, but you're not doing much. God does it all through you and for you. Amen? Amen. Somebody come up to me here a few. Oh, I, they said, I, I want to thank you for saving me. I said, I didn't save you, first of all. I told you how to get saved. Right? But I want you to know this. I got more out of it than you did. Amen. I'm glad God let me in on it. And that's it. You don't do for God. God does through you. But we got to get that straight. Quit trying to please God by what you do and please God by allowing Him to do through you. Notice verse 14, which is the earnest. Hey, the earnest is the down payment. You got God living in you. But you got an inheritance. Peter said that fadeth not away. Reserved for you in heaven. That's first Peter. Let me ask you something. How many don't raise your hand? How many of you inherited a, 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 a big inheritance? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. I'm, I'm rhetorical now. You you received a, a, a big inheritance. Did you get it because you deserved it or because who you're kin to? Or who you knew? You got it because who you knew. Let me tell you something, folks. It ain't what you know in this world that counts. It's who you know. 
That's true for negative and positive, right? Sadly, that's true even in a negative sense. But it's not what you know, it's who you know that's going to cause you to inherit all of the blessings that God has in store for us in heaven. God says, I'm going to take you to heaven. God, who's the worst Christian here? Raise your hand. Raise your hand here. Oh, Philip is. I'm going I'm I'm to take his word for it. He's the sorriest Christian in the room. And the sorriest Christian in the room is, has an inheritance reserved for him in heaven. And he's going to say, what am I doing here? He says, God will say, Philip, you're here because I want to be glorified. I want my son to be glorified. What do you mean by that? Because I'm so good. No, because you're so sorry, Philip. He saved you in spite of you. Now, does that teach us that we need to go out and sin all we want to do? Absolutely not. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 6, shall we sin that grace may abound? He said, God forbid. God forbid. Now, how do you become a child of... How do you... Be, okay, let's... Let me see. I better pick on somebody smarter than Philip on this one. Uh... Uh, Steve, how did, no, how did you become, uh, whatever your last name is, it was your father's and your mother, right? All right, so listen, you didn't do nothing to get in that family, did you? You just, you just hear, you don't even know when you was born. Except, well, you, you don't know when you was born. Somebody gave him a certificate and told him it happened. He don't remember how it happened. He don't remember nothing about it. So when we get to heaven, we're going to be the, to the praise and glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, amen. Now, the mark of ownership is the seal of the Holy Spirit. The seal protects from tampering. You know, they got those things nowadays, them tampering seals. And the Holy Spirit protects us from demonic spirits tampering with us. We're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. We're, we're, we're preserves waiting for Jesus to take us to heaven. Folks, it's a sign of a legal transaction that took place, that birth certificate. It happened when you trusted Jesus. We passed from death unto life. We were pardoned of our sins. We were redeemed the moment we got saved. And we were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Chapter 4, verse 30 chapter 3 uh, verse 1 chapter 13 he says in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation in whom also that ye believed ye were sealed with that holy spirit of promise let me ask you something y'all stay with me now i'm gonna, I'm gonna do a test how many feel like the holy spirit jumping up and down inside of your heart saying Preacher, that's an absolute truth. How many is out there saying, I don't know about this. I think he's trying to trick me. I've never heard this. I've never heard this before. Folks, you can determine where you stand by God by how much the Holy Ghost is jumping up inside you when you hear the truth. It's a mark of a finished transaction. Jesus said, he's the author and finished. He said on that cross, test it is finished. 
You enter into another man's work when you get saved. It's not your works that get you to heaven. You enter into another man's work. You're not deserving of it. You're not worthy of it. You're just walking in to the work of Jesus Christ. He lived for us, and he died for us, and he arose again. Hey, are you, tr- are you a Christian? Shout an amen. amen. That's a Christian. If you're doing anything other than that, I don't want know what we can call you. You're a self-made man. When you get to heaven, uh, if you was like what you believe, you, you can get up there and say, boy, me and Jesus got her done. Boy, me and Jesus, we got it done. He, he saved me, and I hung on to the end. You know, that's like a guy uh, getting on a, on a ship and having his ticket punched and paid for and him hanging on the outside, going all the way across the ocean water to the other place. Hey, you don't have to hang on now. You, you're in. You belong in if you're trusting Jesus. Now, if you're a stowaway, you better hide. I'm glad I'm saved. I'm not worth saving. I'm not worthy of saving, but thank God I'm going to make up for it by thanking him and praising him for saving me in spite of myself. Now that transaction, that, that seal is, is a, it's a mark of a, a finished transaction. It, it took place when I trusted Christ as my Savior. It took place. It is done. It is finished. No negotiations necessary. I've been bought with the blood of Jesus Christ, and if you go to heaven, you have been too. Now, second, it's a sign of ownership. I know I'm doing a little bit of a review. It's a sign of ownership. We belong to God. Romans 8, 16 backs at it. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. We're not our own. We have been what? Bought with a price. That's 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. We have been bought with a price. We were we were a slave to the world. We were a slave to our flesh. We belonged to the devil. But when we looked to Christ and we looked to that cross, he redeemed us with his blood and saved us. Now, what did we do in our salvation? We believed and received. We believed and received. Now, thirdly, it's authorization. It's a sign of authorization. Verse 14, he says, which is the earnest of the inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. It's the guarantee. Some of you have bought property. You, you've uh, went on Facebook and Marketplace and, and you've sent some kind of Vimo or something like that over to them, a portion of it, and they held that for you, didn't they? Because you made that down payment. They held that for you. Piece of property you paid uh, through the, went through the, the real estate, and you paid a portion down. It was a guarantee you coming back. Well, if you didn't have the money, you might not go back, right? Well, let me tell you the difference between you and me. God can afford it. He made the down payment on us with the Holy Spirit. And he's going to take us to heaven when the rapture comes. See, it's evidence of belonging to God. It's the earnest. It's the deposit. We don't enjoy it all. We don't have it all. There's so much more God has for us. And eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard what God has in store for those that love him. I have people that are trying to say, well, that's, 
going to be as a Christian as you grow in Christ. And there's a little bit of truth there, but my friend, what we experience here and now on earth is nothing to be compared to when we walk on those streets of gold in the presence of Jesus. And we see our loved ones. I can't wait to see Vince. God is not holding a, a hammer over us ready to knock us out when we mess up. He's got the blood to wash us when we sin. And when we sin, we lose fellowship with God, but we don't lose our relationship with God. When I was born into the pool family, my dad got mad at me at times. I, I disappointed him at times. I was outright rebellious to him at times. But he was always willing to forgive. And he was willing to fight for me. Our loving Heavenly Father loves us with a great love. The Holy Spirit is our seal of adoption that we belong. It's a seal of adoption. It's a guarantee that we belong. It's a guarantee that we are a part. You and I are saved by believing and receiving Jesus. We're sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. And we're secured by the promise of the Father. It's in the text. A God that cannot lie. A God that said, I'll never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. Listen, folks. If you're having trouble living for Christ, maybe you're trying to put extra stipulations on yourself that the Bible doesn't. And you say, well, I have no desire to live for Christ. Well, maybe you need to get saved. Let me tell you something. As a Christian struggles to live the Christian life, they probably hear a little voice in there and say, you're nothing, you're unworthy, you're unfit, you deserve to go to hell. Can I tell you what to say? You say to, Father, to the Father, Lord, I'm sorry. And say to that spirit on your shoulder, get behind me, Satan. Thou sayest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. Now I want us to bow our heads and quietly stand our feet. We won't give an opportunity of response. Our musician's going to come and lead us in a song of invitation in a moment. But I want to speak to you as you stand right now. How many of you can say, Preacher, I listened to you. I heard you preach today. And my spirit is bearing witness with your spirit that that is the truth. Would you just lift that hand up and say, God, Bless the preaching of the Word of God. Amen. Some of you could not raise your hand. And I would say to you, it could very well be one of two things. You have been taught away from this truth or you've never experienced true salvation. You could be taught wrong. I want to invite you to come to kneel on this altar and surrender your life to Christ. Would you come? Anyone else? Anyone else? Any other decision you need to make, we welcome you to come. What about today? 
What about today making this the day of your salvation? What about trusting Jesus that he died on that cross for your sins today? What, would you today follow Jesus and trust him as your Savior? Would you come today? Just Amen. piano play it. Hey, folks, salvation is the most important, most important decision to make. And you say decision, well, you have to say yes to the Holy Spirit's working in your life. Say yes, I want Christ as my Savior. So simple, so easy. Would you come today and say yes to the Holy Spirit? Say yes, I want to go to heaven. God loves you, and Jesus died on that cross for your sins. It, the way is made plain and clear. It's only waiting on your acceptance to say, yes, I'll accept it. That's all we're waiting on. Would you give your life to Christ right now and trust Him as your Savior? Anyone else? Are you in the jar? The jar is Christ. The seal is the Holy Spirit. It's a mark of a finished transaction. Have you ever been saved? You know you can go back. I was saved. This is where I trusted Jesus. If you can't, if you can't, identify that now just just come today we're not trying to make a big thing out of it. it's the biggest thing to ever happen to you I'm not trying to make a show out of it I'm trying to make a reality out of it let's sing one more would you come come in come on would you come to rid my soul of one dark walk to leave whose blood can cleanse each spot old lamb of God I come let's have our ushers come you guys stay away from my jelly now <laughs> 